In fifth grade, I got my first instant messenger screen name. It was Soccer Hottie 101. Yep, 10 year old me liked soccer and was a hottie. By the time I reached high school, I graduated to less boastful usernames, but I still played soccer. I was even good. I was fast, I could handle the ball, and I played forward for the school team. I had the looks of a pretty decent player, at least in practice. When game time came around, I would be terrified. However, I wasn't afraid of getting hurt or losing or anything else that might happen as part of the game. What I was really afraid of was that I wouldn't play well during the game. Simultaneously, I was also afraid that if I did play well, people would expect even more of me. I somehow managed to screw myself up in both directions. This was serious performance anxiety. I would throw up in practice just thinking about it. I would forget everything. My mind would go blank and my body would freeze. If there was a mistake that I could make, I would make it. Sometimes I'd just run so far up the field that I was nowhere near the play. What I needed was the right person to settle me down and show me the way. I needed a coach. My team, of course, had a coach, but to get through this, I needed to work with someone one-on-one. -on -one. Otherwise, I would have quit. Truth be told, I am not cured of my performance anxiety. I still do this stuff today, all the time. I just project it onto different performances. I'm Kylie Unell, and this is How to Fix a Soul in 30 Days. Since you've heard the previous episode, right? You know that what I'm trying to do is observe the Jewish month of Elul in an attempt to sort out my soul before the new year. I'm trying a bunch of different ways to do it. Last episode, I started looking at how prayer works during Elul. Today, I'm actually going to pray. So, I'm heading to my coach's house. Rabbi Dov Yonakorn from Chabad House Bowery was the first rabbi I met when I moved to New York almost 10 years ago. More importantly, Rabbi Korn and his wife, Sarah, have been the source of tons of Jewish inspiration for me over the years. Similarly, they have inspired countless other Jews in downtown New York. People have even written songs about it. On the Bowery, we Anybody who knows Rabbi Korn knows that they're in for an experience unlike any other when they meet him. And so, without knowing what to expect, I headed up to his house for an Elul prayer experience. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. Hi, Rabbi Korn. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Baruch Hashem. We're sitting in a gazebo next to a lake in a forest. You can probably hear it in Connecticut, in the middle of nowhere, but the middle of everywhere somehow. And today we're going to do something and I have no idea what to expect. Well, I'll just tell you a little bit of where I'm at. So I spoke to my mom I spoke to a woman named Sarah Hurwitz, and we talked about Psalm 27. 
So I called my mom. I was like, why? What does this mean? <laughs> because I'm talking to you right now. You haven't abandoned me. And her take on it was, we are not in control. My mom has, has I've, got, I've left the house. Mm. Um, she's not in control of who I'm friends with or what mm. I do. And Hashem has full control over me and my safety mm. and everything that I encounter in my life. Mm. And I'm convinced. <laughs> I like that interpretation. And then I spoke to Sarah Hurwitz about prayer. She was saying that it's really important to understand the meaning of a prayer to get the full kind of context out of it, but also that the purpose of prayer is to guide you to getting a certain sentiment, to feeling a certain sentiment. There to help you embody these different emotions that we can experience. And the prayer is just like a vehicle to that end. Mm. And so my takeaways for that were, we don't have control as humans. We're here to become softer and more open as people. And we have to learn how to trust throughout Mm. the entire process. Mm. And so I'm curious if that is what prayer is to you. Prayer is definitely those things, for sure. Prayer is a connection to the source, establishing a connection. All mitzvahs establish connection, but prayer is establishing a conscious connection. And even though the mitzvah of prayer is to request for your needs from Hashem, which is actually one of the 613 commandments, which is really cool. Even if you're not in like a heightened state of consciousness, you're not feeling centered, you're just like, please, God, help me with this. It's You're fulfilling a mitzvah. But according to Chassidus, prayer is much more about heightening your consciousness, your awareness of God's centricity, and in so doing, altering how you feel. Jonathan Sachs used to say that, a blessed memory used to say that, uh, that one of the things that struck him about Lubavitch is he would go and see, like, in 770 or in a Chabad environment that people would look, after prayer, they were changed. They were different. Because if you're doing it the way that, that Chassidus teaches, which means studying some Chassidus before praying and then meditating and then praying properly, it really does alter a person. Um, that being said, at the height of prayer, we still ask Hashem for our needs. So it's so interesting. It's like we get to the highest state. We're like almost abandoning the world. And then we still talk about our health and our money and our produce because really Torah wants us to bring it all back. So I think that if I could give like a skeletal concept of prayer, it would be first relaxing on a physical level, just like centering. Secondly, thinking of some ideas in Chassidus that help us um, understand the truth of existence, Hashem's oneness, our not aloneness, our oneness with Hashem. And then from there to try to use that to breathe into some of the tense areas in our life and try to realize Hashem's centricity also there. And in so doing, also be able to look to Hashem and at Hashem, if you will, from that heightened state of consciousness and ask that he help open up these areas and reveal himself in these areas, give us guidance and direction on how to reveal him in these these areas and then to come down. That's the prayer skeletal model. So Elul, we happen to know that God is highly accessible. So there could be no better time to pray than Elul. The downside of Elul is that if you don't want it, you're not going to take advantage of it. Whereas Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur take advantage of you. Like you were like, you can't get away from it. Most Jews can't not go to shul. Like, like it's something deep within us spiritually. But the upside is if you do put in the energy, you take out tons. And so prayer means you're putting in the energy. Thunder. There's Thunder. a storm a coming. The storm is a coming. <laughs> um, is there a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray? Prayer is a, it's a cool opportunity for us to see 
our entire relationship with, with God and with Yiddishkeit, which is also a chance for us to see our relationship with other people. So like one part of relationships is managing expectations and self-expectations. Is it better not to do it at all? Like if I'm not going to take my daughter for a walk and give all the attention I have to her, is there any point in taking the walk? And, and the answer to her gives us absolutely. Like do that small mitzvah. Action is the main thing. And then like the focus or the kavana will follow. So I would definitely say that you have to like manage your performance anxiety. <laughs> all of us have to, because it's the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara is like, oh, but if you're not going to give your all, what's the point? And that's so not true. In life, it's not true. Should I not do the dishes for my wife if I'm not 100% happy that I'm doing it? No, I'm, do- I'm helping make her tangibly happy. So how do you define the Yitzhahara? The Yitzhahara is a force that tries to keep us from serving God successfully. I think in our generation, it latches on to like all of our mental health challenges. And like, if you're insecure, the Yitzhahara tries to get you feel insecure. If you feel inadequate, the Yitzhahara tries to get you feel inadequate. Yeah, whatever it is. Which is why we also have a mitzvah in our generation to like try to be as mentally healthy as we can be. But also to know that there's a spiritual component of it. So it's like, go to a therapist if needed, and also know that like giving tzedakah will also help. It's all part of, of being a holistic, spiritually, and, and mentally and physically healthy individuals, which is not easy in this generation. <laughs> Ironically, finally, we have everything we ever need, and we can't, we can't exactly. figure out. Can't, that is the problem. That's exactly right. It's a good problem to have. We just have to figure out how to hack it. We're going to pray, I guess. <laughs> what do we do? What do I do? I'm going to try to do something very simple. So first of all, I'm going to ask you to, to get some good posture. I'm going to ask you just do some just, just deep breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth. Very simple. It's good. It's good before a business meeting. It's good before an important conversation. It's certainly good before prayer to just focus yourself physically. Notice if there's places in your body where you feel tense. Just try to, try to breathe into those areas, just relaxing your body. Let's just give us about 15, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Hear the wind, calming sounds. We're going to go through a very slow progression. You can keep your eyes closed. We can go through a very simple progression of ideas that Chassidus tells us help us ease into a conversation with Hashem or into heightened awareness of Hashem's presence. So the first concept is going to be a little bit of meditation on Mamalei Kal Almin, which means the way that Hashem fills in the world. So it's thinking about a very imminent part of Hashem, the way Hashem is the energy behind the wind you're hearing, the kind of spirit of creation, just like a body would never move if there was no soul in it. God forbid it be a corpse. So creation has a soul, and that soul is God's, God's imminent energy. It fills in the world, just like the body fills, the soul fills in the body. So either keep your eyes closed or if it helps to look around at nature to feel kind of the, the energy of creation. It's churning, the world's churn, the sun, the moon, the thunder, the lightning, the constellations, the planets, the seasons, the weather, the wind, the streams, animal life, human life, the movement of existence. acorns falling on the gazebo. And to feel that's, that presence we feel, that spirit, that is godliness, that is God. And even expand it a little more to just like even human activity. Think of Times Square, think of Wall Street, think of 
a stadium, think of the Olympics, think of just the movement of existence, the general movement of all existence, the pulse of existence. This is, this is the spirit of, of existence. This is God. Almost allowing yourself to feel like the, the entire um, imagery of creation. The, all the scenes you see, everything is part of this production that Hashem's putting on. And we'll slowly progress from this to a meditation of God's transcendence. The way that Hashem is, is that, that all of the energy I just mentioned is a drop of 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 the infinity of God. The way God transcends existence, the way that this world and all of its energy is, it, it's not even fair, but it's like, it's like the equivalent of one hair on the human body. And that's a joke because it's not even, that's, it's that, and then that whole human body is itself just a hair. And that whole, on a bigger body, and that whole human body is uh, just a hair on another huge human body. Just to give, just to allow the mind to begin to grasp what it means that we're talking about the existifier of all existence. He's not even infinite. Infinity is also a creation of God's. And to meditate on that, that transcendence, that, 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 that transcends everything, this energy, this light, this oneness. We call it sovev kol almin, the way that God transcends the worlds. And allow that meditation to help you think in bigger terms, to move away from the human experience, to move away from the corporeal experience of humanity. And then I want you to, t to take one further step. So the, the first part is usually achieved through Pesukah de Zimra, the verse of praise. The second part is achieved through the blessings of the Shema, getting us to realize like the way the angels praise God, the way he's transcendent, he's, he's unattainable, he's unimaginable, he's everywhere and everything. Then we, we reach Shema. Shema is the oneness of Hashem. So realizing that that there's actually nothing outside of Hashem. That Hashem, there's no such thing as Hashem and Kaili. It's not possible. On an essence level, on a, the truest level, Ein Oid Milvado. There's nothing else besides Him. Can I like hug myself? Yes, <laughs> you should. You should. It's, all human pain comes from our inability to realize these truths. Ein Oid Milvado. Hashem is everything. Hashem is the tree. Hashem is the lake. Hashem is Kaili. Hashem is Rabbi Korn. Hashem is everything. There's only one true existence, and these are all expressions of that, that, true, that true existence. Our sense of autonomy is essentially false. We're part of the creative process. We have a mitzvah to execute on the creative scheme where we do, we do have independence and free choice and all these beautiful things, but on its essence level, really we don't exist. Only Hashem exists, and we are expressions of Hashem's existence. And on this last point, I really want you to take a second to really appreciate that you, with all of your failures, with all of your imperfections, with all of your brokenness, with all of your pain, you are an expression of Hashem's existence. Hashem is the painter of all creation. He's painting this picture of Himself in you as Kylie. All the pain, all the fear, all the anxiety, all the self-hatred, all the self-loathing that we all experience for some strange reason. It's all Hashem. That's all the artists. You can't look at a painting and say, oh, how did Van Gogh do it? It's an artist, and Hashem's the perfect artist of all creation. And this is how he's painted you. This is how he's painted himself as you. And I'd like you to try to take this, this realization and think about it in other areas of your life where you're struggling. This situation is also Hashem. This that you can't, that you can't figure out how to, how, to, how to get 
healing or redemption or salvation in this area or that area. That's also God. A person struggling with money, a person struggling with parnasa, a person struggling to find their soulmate, a person struggling to have children, a person struggling, God forbid, with health, a person struggling with mental health, a person struggling with their Yiddishkeit, with their relationship with God. All of this is the, is the, is the painting of the artist. Ein Oidmovada, and this is how he's painted. I want to invite you to try to release some of the, the drama that we, we, uh, we ascribe to all these experiences because we forget this truth. Can I like scream? You can scream. <laughs> we ascribe so much, so much uh, attachment and un, 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 misplaced ownership and misplaced control and misplaced identity to so many things that are truly just Hashem's choice. The king chooses, the king paints, the king expresses. And we want to ask the king to help us let him reign. <laughs> no, one, no one can imagine like what's happening here. We started in this beautiful, calm, like, birds chirping, and within minutes, like an in, an in like, sequence with our prayer here, we're like in the middle of a hurricane. And the king is speaking without question. The king paints. And we have to ask him, let us let you reign, not R-E-I-G-N. But, but you can also reign. It's hard to put into words everything that I experienced with Rabbi Korn. For most of the time, I was worrying about what I should be feeling. It's one thing to meditate alone. Who cares what you do in the privacy of your own home? It's another thing to do it with another person sitting right in front of you. As we sat there, my mind wandered a bit, wondering, what is he thinking about me while I'm doing this? It was the actual prayer we shared, however, that brought God into such clear focus. It was overwhelming. God is everything. No matter what words Rabbi Korn was using, this was the meaning behind what he was saying. It's hard to wrap your mind around the idea that every situation, problem, person, and thing is an expression of God. Thinkers like the controversial Jewish philosopher Baruch Spinoza have written about it, but it's another thing to do the work yourself. I fixated on the idea that I should be feeling something afterwards. And it's not even a perfectionism thing, I want to feel something. I want to be changed. I want life to suddenly become easier. I'll do a prayer and then life becomes simple. Turns out that's not how it works. When I started this week of prayer, I wanted answers and a quick fix. I talked to my mom and Sarah Hurwitz, hoping that I would get an instant answer about the meaning and purpose of prayer. Then, with Rabbi Korn, I was hoping I'd come away feeling fixed. That didn't happen. I've discovered that it's not flipping a light switch. It takes time. Time sitting with discomfort and questions, hoping that at some point the answer becomes clear. I've got to give it time and effort to get there. Maybe even a whole month's worth. Elul might actually make a little sense. Next week, I'm going to take all of this up with God directly. I am trying heat bodadut, the act of going out into nature and talking to God. 
Until then, I'm still Kylie Unell, and this is How to Fix a Soul in 30 Days. The Soul in 30 Days is brought to you by Tablet Studios and is hosted by me, Kylie Unell. This episode was produced by Leah Leibovitz and Josh Cross. The song you heard about the Chabad House Bowery is On the Bowery by Jericho. That's J-E-R-Y-K-O. And you can find it on YouTube and Spotify. Please go rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people discover the show. For more information about this or any other of Tablet's podcasts, visit tabletmag.com slash podcasts. Everybody should have a k'sivach simatoyv l'shantoyv masuku that this month of Elul, just the working that Kylie is doing, which which is representative of so much so much work being done in the Jewish community, each of us and ourselves and on each other and collectively should be uh, should be bring a merit of the, of a, the sweetest year the Jewish people have ever ever I mean, known. I mean, thank you.